We back. We ready to party like William Carlson. It's been a while. It has. It is. Oh my goodness. It, uh, it's been a week. For, for, <laughs> I'm pretty sure only one game has been played since the last episode. Yes. Right? Was it game four? Uh, I think it was. I think, I think was game it two four games was going or... on. I think game four was going on while we were playing. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Game four was playing while we were recording. But yeah, no, uh, I am ready to party like William Carlson because that man, that man knows how <laughs> to celebrate. Y'all seen that celebratory speech he made? That is the most trashed it's, I've ever seen someone. Me, it makes me hate Vegas a little less. Just a little bit. That is like literally the most trashed I've ever seen someone. Bro, he pulled out his inner Viking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, like I thought they were gonna make him. I thought they were gonna make him step away from the microphone because he was he was on one. I know. (laughs) For Marcia, so oh my god, that was so great. But uh, welcome back to Pod Hockey, where uh, the NHL season has finally come to an end. Yeah, and then it comes to an end, and then the day after, kaboom, off season. Oh yeah, instantly. Pretty much, yeah. No, I just jumped right to it. It's also the end of our first season, which our first season is basically going to be like, our first season is going to be like, oh yeah, season one. And then our next episode. started up right around the final games of the regular season. Yeah, I think it was like the last month. I think we started up. Uh, Yeah, like the last two weeks or something like that. And then we basically started off with the playoffs. And now we we kicked in the high gear because I think for how the playoffs went, I think we... We knocked it out of the park because so much has happened. I think we've done a fantastic yeah. job, both both on the ice and off the ice, talking about what's been going on. Oh yeah, and so, it's been it's been a lot to keep track of, but it's been fun too. Oh, it's been a crazy journey so far, and this is just season one, folks. Yeah, yeah. like our next episode is going to be the season up. two premiere. Yes, Whoa. sir. <laughs> but I guess to uh, start with the wrap of of season one, uh, let's talk about the winners. Yeah, we gotta talk about the winner. Game five. Game five. That's all I'm gonna say. I was working when this <laughs> happened, and I just felt a ping go off of my phone, like during because I was like, you know, nothing was happening during my shift, and I like as I was sitting tables down. Almost every time I was picking up a manager, I was hearing ping, 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 and I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, this must be a great game. It must be like you know five four. I look six three or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, Florida just good God. Florida uh, did what I was worried that they were going to do. They just ran out of gas, you know. Um, they just went full Habs. Well, in Florida, I think was a better team than the 2021 Habs were. It's just mm-hmm. you look at their injury list and you're like, holy shit, how did they even play a game? Can we, can we appreciate the save percentage on Bobrovsky, bro? He got <sighs> turned into a pumpkin. It struck midnight in a hard way. <laughs> oh my goodness! I thought he let up all nine goals. Apparently not. Um, I thought he did. No, one was empty. Net. One of uh, the ninth goal was empty. Oh, so he let in. He let in eight of the nine. But the eighth goal was a empty yeah. netter. He let in eight of the nine. Bro, they scored one with a minute left in the game. That was so disrespectful. Was it, who was that? Nick Waugh? Who was, it was that? Nick Waugh, I think it yeah, was Nick Waugh. Nick Waugh with by <laughs> Theodore McNabb. It was so disrespectful, and I love it. Uh, no, Mark That's... Stone scored the empty nighter, but like, bro, they just 
they just pounded them up and down. I mean, credit. I mean, Mark Stone. I know his last goal was empty. Oh my net, god! But to have a hat trick in the winning game of the cup, he is the first person to do that. I think since oh god, I think it was like nineteen twenty two or something like that. It was some crazy stat. I think it was over a hundred years. I think it was uh Babe Die was the last guy to do it for the Leafs in like the twenties. Yeah, let's see. Uh, double checking and checking hockey news right now. Yeah, Hockeynews.com, thank you. It's the been a hockey news. Uh survey says flashback a hundred and three years. You might Jack Dara. 1920 with the Ottawa Senators. I think there was one more recent than that. I think it was Babe Die in 22 or something. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Damn. Twice in a two year span, and it didn't happen for a hundred years after that. Babe Die was the most recent one. Oh, my gosh. I know that because he's a Leafs legend. Toronto St. Pat's. (laughs) Oh, not even the Leafs. That's how long ago it was. It was before the Leafs were the Leafs. That is. I should have. I should have worn my St. Pat's jersey for that for Babe Die. <laughs> Babe, you have fucking a St. Pat's jersey. I do have a St. Pat's jersey. It's an Austin Matthews St. Pat's. That's crazy. Jersey. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, credit. I had a feeling. The reason I was so confident with Vegas when I because I said it's Vegas in six. Yeah, is because I knew how I, they they knew how to play to Florida because honestly they did the same thing to Edmonton. Oh yeah, and especially in this series, it. And I thought Edmonton was way more talented. So when I saw them just yeah. punch them in the mouth and just frustrate them the hell and that granted, you know, Mr. Viking slash on Leandre Seidel and Alec Petrangelo. One game, right? Yeah. Um uh Paul Bunyan. Paul. Boom. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh my god. But like they just I, the way that it's like the sum of Vegas is that they basically are Florida. But with way more talent and depth. Oh, yeah. And especially in this series, for me, like, I kept seeing Florida just have, like, they're always one step behind. They're going to have and nightmares me, of Petrangelo and Brady McNabb for yeah. years. <laughs> those two, like, those me, two lived in their heads rent-free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they were, they were, like, much more physical throughout the series, which is unbelievable to say. And just, like, they... Florida was one step behind just most of the series mm-hmm. and watching the Panthers. I'm like, Oh, this, this team is just banged up. Like they got guys who can barely skate out there. They're so banged up. And like, to the point where their best player who would play through literally anything, like he played two games with a broken fucking sternum. Like it got human. to the point where like on social media, I saw people calling Matthew Kachuk a wimp and I'm like, have you guys ever had a broken sternum before? That's the thing. Hockey players are insane because, like, we, I think we vaguely talked about this at one point when the Stars made their cup run. Yeah. Then you saw the list of players. Um, Alexander Romanov. Uh, no. I got the guy. The guy who played for the Habs. Give me a minute. I can't remember his name. Tyler Sagan had a crap ton of injuries. Jamie oh, Radulov. Radulov, yes. Yeah. Radulov got, like, some of the injuries I saw him were, like, insane. Broken shoulder. Tyler Sagan had a broken leg. Yeah, broken leg. He was playing with a broken leg. How is that yeah. possible? One of them was playing with, like, a lacerated kidney or something kidney. ridiculous. That was, I think that was Radulov, actually. I think it was Radulov. It, like, Ben Bishop had some injuries. Yeah, that's why he wasn't playing. Like, 
he was banged up. Dobin had injuries. I remember like yeah. the list was long and it's crazy because I can't wait to see what Vegas's side of it was if they had any. Because I feel like they might. Vegas likely did, but they kind of got lucky on the injury spectrum because it was probably more in their bottom six than their top six. Mm. Just Florida's because, is going like, to be like this big. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be like the whole roster. Oh, Florida's and... was like everyone. It was crazy. Like even Aaron Eckblad played through like a broken ankle, yeah, two, dis- two, two shoulder dislocations. dislocations. Two shoulder dislocations and a concussion evaluation. And this is something I'm genuinely curious about because I know football has this as an issue. Like I said, I'm someone with like a little less experience and you have yeah. more. Yeah. Why is it like at the end of the season, you know, so many players come out and the list is like a mile long. You don't see this in baseball or football. Probably not basketball for the most part because yeah. most of the time the issues are just leg issues. Yeah, with basketball players like ankle injuries, broken legs, stuff like that. But um, why is it? It's like the list is so long, and these players still like. There's no regulation, I guess, in the way of like that. Yeah. So, coming at it like I've played hockey for for a long time. Um, really, it comes down to like a cultural thing. Like from an early age, you're really taught like if you can go like if you can go through pain like you you go like that's the kind of thing like especially like in youth hockey and especially like growing up like to the higher level you get the seasons are so long like you work so hard to get to this point like that players will push through damn near anything to get there but there's a certain point like while there is like some valor in it, there's a difference between valor and just Messing irresponsible your career. Like you're risking your, your life. life. Like it's irresponsible you're and not necessarily the career to the bit players. at this point. Yeah. You're almost messing up your entire life for I get a big moment of your life. But yeah. like like to a point, I it's partially the players and it's partially the doctors too. Like I don't know how with good conscience, the Florida Panthers doctor let Matthew Kachuk go out there for two games with a broken sternum. Broken sternum. How is this? Like Aaron you can read a story. A broken ankle. Like how do you skate at that point? It's because um, I've had a similar injury with this. So basically, what happens is you tie the hockey boot. Like it's so tight where it's almost like an actual like cast boot that you can do. Like so it stabilizes sleep? it. Yeah. So it stabilizes it. So like it's e- it's easier to skate with a broken ankle but to me the broken sternum one is like really eye-opening because that's that's your bone that connects all of your ribs together your heart's right here so it's like that's just irresponsible and you can read a story from matthew kachuk's brother brady kachuk he plays for the senators yeah where he literally had to help matthew out of bed and help get him dressed for the games like it was crazy what like if you're if you can't even get out of bed and you need teammates to help dress, like you should not be going out there. At a certain point, it's either the coach's responsibility or the doctors the team, be like, "Hey, you're done." The team's responsibility. Yeah, yeah. it's like no, you're done. Be, you can't. This will be definitely a topic we talk about in the off season because yeah, between that like the long list you see after playoffs or the fact that uh, everything's an upper body or lower body. Injury. Yeah. We and, won't talk about that now, but like it, it's one of those things that like it personally bugs me deep down. Yeah, but and it could be like 
it could be like there's this policy in medicine called like HIPAA where like you're entitled to like the privacy of your medical records and stuff like that. So it has something to do with that. But at the same time, it's one of these things like because like upper body or lower body injury can be anything from anything. like a sprained ankle to like you broke your leg or like a broken finger to like a torn rotator cuff. Like it. Yeah. The disparity is crazy. And the only but time you like... really see it get announced is when they're out for the season. Like that's really the only time you see it. And like you talked about like the HIPAA, but like at the same time, all the other sports from European football to American football, to basketball, to baseball, to yeah, yeah. golf, but like, you know, like tennis, that's another one. Like yeah. all those sports, if they have an injury, that information is like revealed. Oh and yeah. Because I feel like at some point, I, I, I'm thinking like the media side of it, there is a point where like you are a public figure and that information is kind of important to know, I yeah. guess, but I don't know. So from my understanding, what the NHL teams are trying to do, and I'm not defending this, by the way, no, it's I just I'm putting myself in that you environment have a aspect, so you have a better understanding yeah because like i've been in that environment before i've been in like the injury list as like upper body injury or lower body injury when i was playing um it's one of these things where like i've heard it firsthand where they don't want to give the other team what's wrong with the player which is full of shit like it, oh they're gonna go out there and target you which are like to me it goes back to like the culture of hockey when you're growing up like if there's a weakness in it if there's weakness in a player you can go target that like you know what's wrong with them especially in the playoffs like with alex oh, yeah. petrangelo you mean to tell me that he didn't know that dry was having a wrist problem and then he said or that i'm paul bunyan to yeah just or earlier in the season him. when austin matthews was having wrist problems and jamie ben did the same thing mm-hmm. like it yeah that kind of plays into it but at the same time it's like i have a really hard time with the upper body and lower body injury distinctions just because to me like it's just not really fair to the players because if you don't disclose it it rushes them back like i've seen players get rushed back from injuries they're not like way before they should even be doing it not the same like you should not be having players playing through broken sternums or lacerated kidneys. Cause at the end of the day, it's a sport, man. Like I get it. It's a childhood dream. You want to play for the Stanley cup, but like you have a responsibility to the players for the player association, the doctors that take care of them, like an obligation for the coach to take care of his players, the players yeah. obligation to their families. Like it's just not good. I, it doesn't sit well with me. And people go like, oh, these are warriors. Like, these are tough guys. But, like, you can't be risking your life like that. Because if Matthew Kachuk point, takes yeah. one bad hit, it's a serious like, injury. He, yeah, like he might not ever, he might not, he might not ever play again if he were to take another bad hit from the yeah. league, anybody. And it's the same with that's Mark crazy, Stone you know? with his back injury. Mm-hmm. Mark like, Stone, he takes one bad hit. That. Yeah. Crazy about that. And he still pulled out a hat trick in the clinching. I know. Outside, you know. He was like... And I saw a report about Mark Stone, speaking of that, where, like, his back injury was so bad that, like, he might not ever play a full 82-game season again. Like, he'll be in and out of the lineup. Like, he'll probably get, like, maintenance, like you'll see in the NBA. Yeah. But the odds of him playing a full 82-game season again is very slim. That was probably his last time this year. He didn't even play a full 82 this year. Yeah. 
I don't even know how many games he played this season. Not many. I can give you a full Maybe 20? Maybe? Mark Stone played. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're completely right. Oh, that's the postseason. Like, not many. 43. 43 games this year? That's more than I thought. The last time he's played anywhere near 80? Probably with the Sens. 2017, maybe? That 2018 season, he got yeah. traded over from the Sens to the Golden Knights. He yeah. played 77 games, and it's continued to kind of go down. 19, yeah. he played 65. 20, he played... Actually, no, 20 was his last full season. He played 55 games. Okay, was so like it was the close. Season. Yeah. But, like, god and damn. And then 21, he only played 37. He was out long-term, but pretty much, like, yeah. half their team was long out, out long-term. That's why they missed the playoffs. <laughs> god, I wish that would have happened this year. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it happens. They, he played 43. So. Yeah, yeah that's tough, but... Yeah. We're not going to use that to drown out the bad moves, badness, because bad side. Because you know what, there's a lot of goodness, the good oh, yeah. stuff that came out of winning the cup from seeing, like I said, the victory speech from Carlson, Marcia. So a lot of <laughs> the funny thing Short about King Marcia. Like, so baby, the thing about Vegas winning the cup, and you can say, oh, is it the big bad villain winning? They still have some guys from like when they first came out. To oh leave. yeah, it's almost like in a way, almost like a dunk on um some of the teams if you really think about it it's a dunk on most of them actually because even if they didn't keep guys around they were smart in trading guys and getting good players back like if it wasn't like dunking on the ducks for letting uh theodore go it was it was the sends for trading mark soda getting eh, not a ton back for him or yeah the or florida you know, they could have really used a guy Smith. like Marcia So or Riley. Riley or yeah. Or the Blue Jacket. Well, the Blue Jackets, I actually give a lot of credit to Carlson. Yeah. He basically had a 180 with his career with them. And um and Buffalo. I know they're on the upswing. Oh boy. If it wasn't William Carrier who gave them tons of big goals for the playoffs, it was Jack Mr. Eichel, Eichel himself. Oh, and but I'm you not can't win with Jack it. Eichel. Did you know that? You can't win with him. <laughs> That's yeah, funny when I heard that. But yeah, he's soft. He is a soft. bad locker room soft, guy. Soft, not soft. a leader. Was that the stuff from last year? Uh, whenever he got traded. So yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, not but, a locker room um, leader. Soft, terrible person. And uh, you know what? The trade has worked out for Buffalo as well. Alex Tuck is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot they got a, they got two other guys with it. I forgot. Peyton Krebs over. was the other big piece. Oh, for it. Krebs, and he's doing yeah. solid as well. He is. So I think it's a win-win trade, but like I think it'll end up being a hurts. win-win. Yeah, it hurts right now. It's like when I saw the Lions, they got like a ton of big picks, but then Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl with the with yeah. the Los Angeles Rams. It's or a good Phil trade. Both ends back-to-back trophies. Leafs fan <laughs> crying internally. <laughs> oh, oh, and he won another one and got a nice jab into Toronto again. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, you can't say it's deserved because it is. You got treated yeah, like crap deserved. at times from you guys. Yeah, there's only like a select like sect of Toronto fans that didn't hate Phil Kessel. I was part of that group. I mean, that core was Dion Phenup and Phil yeah. Kessel. But yeah, you know, double Dion. <laughs> 
double D. Uh, but oh. yeah, the, the cup I think ended on a, a on a wild note, but yeah. a really good note. I think the better team won in all reality. 100%. Like I know Florida went on a magical run, but the nine three eight save it, percentage from Bobrovsky was unsustainable, and the injuries it, caught up with them. Yeah, it felt like watching Montreal from that. From yeah. those I know Florida was way more talented. I'm not gonna say uh yeah, but just felt like everything lined up at the right time, the same way Montreal basically had everything, and I mean everything from good luck to standout players to young talent coming in to, to playing the least standing on in this <laughs> free, free space in the playoffs. Unless oh, you're Tampa. No, I, for, I forgot about that. <laughs> to to playing the least, unless you're Tampa this year. Uh, I forgot Florida and Montreal both beats. Yeah, I guess that tried actually and affects other teams. The curse actually runs true. Yeah, it does. That's actually crazy. Just give us a cup and the curse ends. Just now. <laughs> but with that, yeah, um, that officially comes to the end. Thank you all for watching Pond Hot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before no, 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 before no, 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 no. we hop off of the Stanley Cup uh playoffs, we're, like I think we should do a way too early, just June twenty first <laughs> to next year. Who do you think is winning in the Stanley Cup and why? Oh God! Even before free agency <laughs> yep, starts, before free oh, agency starts. God. Give me a minute. I'm gonna crystal look. ball. I'm gonna look at everybody. I'm just. I'm just gonna lose a few players, but they're it. gonna keep their course. So. Yeah. I don't believe they're going to run it back. I. Who's he thinking? Who's he taking? The anticipation. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a gamble here. Yeah. And you're not going to like it. Yeah. Boston. Ooh. The reason I say, I think they're going to get some, they're going to keep, they're going to find a way to either keep Bergeron or keep Krejci. One of those two will stay. Marshan's going to at least give him one more good year. Okay. And I just feel like it could be like, we we all know what happened with Tampa. Yeah. They got punched in the mouth by an eight seed. Yeah. Swept. <laughs> And humiliated. Yeah. And what happened to Boston? They got punched in the mouth, blew a three to one series lead, and got humiliated, turned into the biggest meme. That they're is gonna want to come out. They're gonna come out this next season mad. I don't think they're gonna win, be the best team in the on the uh Atlantic side. I think they'll be second or third. And I think they'll come into the playoffs. I gotcha. Wanting to punch everybody in the face for last year, yeah, to get rid of those memes. So for me, for me with Boston, yeah. for me with Boston, like that pick just entirely depends on if Patrice Bergeron or Krejci stay. If they both go, I'm changing my input instantly. Yeah. Uh. So my pick, um, Crystal Ball. Uh. Because like I want to go a little bit on the youth side, a little bit Can up you and coming. Swing the cup. <laughs> Fuck no, that is not <laughs> happening. Because they're gonna run it back with the core four. Fuck that. Yes, no. sir. <laughs> um my oh, pick, God. I'm gonna go with a team that's gotten eliminated in the first round for the last two years by the same team. Los Angeles Kings. Mm. I think it'll be LA. I think they'll do a push for Halibuck or Carter Hart in 
uh, the free agency or trade, whatever that. the hell. Um, I think if they get the that. goaltending situation fixed, I they got they a lot a little, of young players. More, huh? They need a little more push on the forward side. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna manage it. I think they're going to get uh, a Ryan O'Reilly or a Tyler Bertuzzi. I think Tyler Bertuzzi will give him a nice shot Tarasenko? in the arm. I think he'll give him a nice shot in the arm if you get that reference. You get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is anti-vax. That's why that joke's funny. But I thought I was thinking like a Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, that could work too. I think he would be crazy good with the Kings. Where do you think Patrick Kane's gonna go? Speaking of Rangers free agents, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffalo. I'm gonna say Buffalo. I think uh, the Penguins are gonna sign All-Star free agent defenseman Justin Hall. Shout out Kyle Dubas, baby. Penguins fans kill themselves in mass. No, 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 no. He's just going to get run out of town to Arizona in uh, two months. I hope you like China. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know Kerfoot or Hall are going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, can we want to start with that bit? Oh, what the going in the free agency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All season officially over, officially over. Off season starts a couple days yes. ago. Now, time hockey our, off season. Time for our famous uh, skills of what the Siri. <laughs> what the hell? That was the Siri on my Apple Watch going the last NHL season. Novice, where our skills come into play of talking absolute nonsense. Let's do it. <laughs> Speculation hour. Yes, sir. This is our. This is our time. Anyways, but um, yeah. Let's start with the, let's start with the Leafs. Let's start with the Leafs news. Yeah, yeah. So some good news if you uh, enjoy hockey and life in general. Uh, the, Leafs the Leafs are not going to re-sign Justin Hall. Thank God. Alex Kerfoot, who was like the definition of mid, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's mid. And the guy who I'm kind of upset about leaving is Michael Bunting. Uh, I think that one needed to happen. He's gonna get. He's gonna get overpaid so much. He's gonna get a bag this offseason. Someone is gonna drink the stupid juice. I think Michael Bunting is a Bruin because it makes too much sense. No, you know who I think might sign him. Who? Chicago. Oh God, for the wing for Bedard. Yes, I think it's oh. a possibility. Oh, mind you, they drank the stupid juice on Seth Jones. They could do it. They could do a two for one special. I don't think their organization's that smart, personally. I think the Blackhawks should do a very good thing and sign Caleb Jones to identical deal that Seth Jones got signed to. I Brotherly think love. Might, I genuinely think he might get a six by six. Michael Bonte. Some team might give him a six. I genuinely think it's a possibility. Oh my god, if someone with gives how him a low six the market six. is with how bad the market is right now, with players not teams usually don't like to give up a lot of prospects, especially their top guys, unless you know they're a contender. Yeah. Bad teams shell out terrible contract. Don't tell me that's this ain't true. Look yeah, at some true. of the deals like Gibbs's contract. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Look at this. See, I know we made the playoffs. Look at Grubauer's contract. I want to die looking at it every day. <laughs> he got you to the second round. No, 
Um, That's more than my team can say up until this year. It's your second year of existence. I don't want to hear it. No, but that contract is going to be terrible for a long time. OEL's contract. We'll get to that later. That is so, 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 so bad. Look at the contract of... I honestly think the Latang contract could end up being stupidly bad in the future. Yeah, it's um, just because of how old he's going to be when it's uh, the over. Seth Jones contract. Terrible. Uh, who remembers some of the contracts the Oilers gave out back in the day from Milan Lucic, Andre Shakara, oh, Chris God. Russell, Drake fucking Kajula. Drake Kajula. <laughs> Dude, if Peter Shirelli ever oh, sees an God. NHL front office again. I don't know how in the hell. I swear he's working for like Boston or something. He used to, he won a cup with Boston somehow. Oh my God. That's so funny as well. I remember that. How (laughs) the fuck did that man win a state? You mean to tell me the Bruins won a cup with Peter Shirelli as GM and the Leafs haven't won one since 67? (laughs) How the fuck does that work? Jim Rutherford won back-to-back cups, and he was terrible. He is the vice president of the Blues. Shirelli? Yes. Oh, my God. Vice president of hockey operations for the Blues. Oh, my. They're not doing great right now. Uh, Well, they they did good for trading their guys. They got a lot of picks out of them. I think they'll be be all right. Yeah, it's just like... I just generally think that some some team is going to be desperate. They want to get out of the basement. They see Michael Bunting, and they give him a stupid, terrible contract. So Michael Bunting is your key to get out of the basement. Think about how desperate teams are. Like I said. Like, yeah, there's like no like, free agents. So. You think about, yeah. So when you are a bad team. You you have to try and get out of the basement. You're the yeah. Ducks. You're the Habs right now. But the Habs at least have an idea in place and are following it. The Blackhawks, yeah. the Goats, the Canucks, the, the Blue Jackets. The Blue even though Jackets, they were stupid and uh, trading for two traffic no, cones. This, this, the, no, they're a bad team right now in my eyes. I get they're Ivan Provorov or Orange. The Flyers. The, yeah. Like the Red Wings in my eyes still I think are a bad team. They're go- they're on their way up. They need just a couple more things. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I just I'm not convinced yet. But like stuff seems like that. And when you were bad, you get desperate. You want to get out of that spot and you make a rush and rash decision, especially when the market is pretty damn dry. There's no Panarins, yeah. there's no I guess there's Tarasenko. Tarasenko might get the yeah. biggest contract the offseason. He probably will. Then it's going to be bunting. And so. the thing with the Blackhawks, they need to be really careful about the money they're shelling out in free agency because they don't have a ton of room. That's crazy to me because they were terrible last season. It, partially because of the contracts they gave out. Like they got out of Kane and Taves, but like. They're not immune to signing bad contracts. They're not like, especially if As they sign Bunting said, to Seth a Jones. If they sign Bunting to a six by six, like, what the fuck are you doing? Because like in a couple of years, if the Blackhawks are going to be good, he's going to be like a third liner. Mm-hmm. Like, trust me from experience, like you can't be paying a third line guy six million dollars. No, like that. That's not. Or a you end up in a predator situation. 
Yeah. Yeah. But man, that's where I see that's where I see that happening. Maybe this is the inner pessimist in me, but I just don't think a big team is going to want to shell out the money. Or maybe he ends up like a Taylor Hall situation where it's just really awkward and the team doesn't want to get him. He goes to another, <laughs> goes to a bad team for like a small deal and he gets a one traded. year, he gets a one year place for the worst team imaginable, gets traded to, to like the, the Ducks or something, plays good there. Gets traded, traded to, to the like, Bruins. <laughs> and then haunts my fun. dreams for two years. Right next to Taylor Hall. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, no, so that's that's where I get up with. Yeah. But yeah. We'll be we'll definitely be covering the big free agents. So I think once he comes out, I need to double check who the top like 50 for, or top 25 free agents are. I don't there's, know if that's out yet. Yeah. Or... There's not really that many. It's like a lot of depth players, but the problem with depth players uh, in free agency is that people are going to overpay them. Uh, Sportsnet gave something top 12 USA UFAs of 2023. Yeah, and it's underwhelming list. Number one is Dimitri Love. He's getting the biggest deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he played great. Yeah. With everyone's Ryan O'Reilly. I think Dimitri Orlov. It wouldn't Barbashev, surprise me if he stays oh, in Barbashev Boston. Barbashev could get a big fat stack after that playoff run. Yeah, I think he'll get somewhere around five point five six. Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba, oh God. Oh, that list already. Kane, Tarasenko who's injured. Bergeron, who's probably retiring. How's Kalor? Yeah. Michael Bunting, Max Domi, Domi could Aiden Hill. Oh God, someone's gonna be stupid to pay a big contract to Domi <laughs> or Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill's gonna be the next Matt Murray. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh God, someone's gonna sign Aiden Hill to like an eight oh, million dollar deal. I mean, the best players I saw on that list: Bunting, Tarasenko, Orlov, and Kalorn. And Kalorn is like Kalorn has the brakes beaten off of him. Like he's not 2015 Kalorn. He's he's not looking too hot. He took, he took a beating this season. Like oh yeah, physically. yeah. Like it's really going to be trades. Yeah, but I also think this is going to be the year you see some of the worst contracts. Yeah, and you saw the caps. The caps going up this year, ain't it? By a million dollars. Thanks, Even Gary. If so. Dude, a million dollars is like nothing in terms of salary cap. I know, but when the cap goes up, the team spends stupid. You mean when Arizona fucking moves finally? You mean when they're still paying OEL? (laughs) Dude, okay. I gotta talk I gotta talk about OEL. We have to. We have to. Because I just find it so amusing. I saw the who remembers the trade from Arizona to Vancouver. <laughs> if you raise your hand and laugh, you're like the rest of the league. Oh, oh man! Good God, that trade was so bad. And I was Louis Erickson was in that fucking deal. 
I <laughs> know. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. He's no. buried in the coyotes. Like they have Stop him for it. one of the salary retention spots. Stop it. No. <laughs> no Louis Erickson's on the coyotes, technically. Oh my God. That's so bad. That's so bad. Oh my God. No, Dude, the no. Canucks. The Canucks are really good at acquiring like old Swedish players who like just finished the prime of their career. Like they're, they're the masters at it. Like Louis Erickson after his time in Boston looked great. Gets to Vancouver, massive flop. OEL hidden gem in the Western Conference goes to Vancouver, fair. lays an egg. Like I Jesus. mean, to be fair though, he was getting really bad in Arizona when he traded when they traded for him. Yeah, it's also hard to look good for Arizona. Like. Yeah, but he got he had massive, massive, massive regression. Yeah, partially because he was the only fucking player there. Yeah, even so. It's one of those things where trade made no sense when it oh, came through. Yeah. No sense when it came through. And after one year, Vancouver said, All right, we're done. All right. That Bye-bye. sucks. They they it bought out his contract. And for yeah. anybody who does not know what contract OEL got, he got <laughs> he got oh my god, I can't I cannot believe I'm looking at this. I'm gonna be I'm gonna puke looking at this contract. Like I wish I could get this money in my life. Um <laughs> he got an eight-year sixty-six million dollar contract for an annual cap hit of eight point two five million dollars per year from twenty. 19 to 2027. Oh my god. 2020. He's halfway through that deal. Yep. All right. I also have the trade in front of me. Are you ready for this? I don't know if I want to hear. I might throw All right. looking at hearing it because I know it was bad. The Arizona Coyotes acquire the ninth overall pick in 2021, which turned into Dylan Gunther, who's a very good prospect. Yeah. And forwards Louis Erickson. Oh God, oh Jay God. Beagle. Oh God, <laughs> Antoine Roussel. Oh God, and a second round pick in 2022, as well as a no. seventh in 2023, in no. exchange for Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland. Yeah, Garland wasn't. Garland's good at least useful. He wasn't good with the Canucks either, but no, uh, but he was useful. It's sad when the Canucks won that trade. The Coyotes somehow got Dylan Gunther out of that, that and won the trade. Oh my god! The Coyotes somehow won that trade after getting Louis Erickson. How the fuck do you do that? That Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Antoine Roussel. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why the Coyotes have been shit for oh so long. Oh my god. That just can't be possible. Yeah, yeah. It, it can't is. be. Like, no, this if you look so at Arizona's tra- if you look at Arizona's trade history, the reason why they haven't been competitive since 2012 is because they make dog shit trade after dog shit trade. Like they don't go anywhere because they're not trying to. And the they reason why six I'm entertaining players are paying for. That that are not on their roster. Six. Yes. Yeah. Including Oliver Ekman Larson now. I bro, they don't even have a years remaining for his contract. I think he's getting paid. I, I think Arizona's literally paying him until like 2033 or something like that. They're paying him for the length of the buyout. They're paying a portion I saw of it because they like, retained his contract. I saw like after 20. 
80 something. <laughs> that's that's fucking hilarious. So mm. I'm looking at the what? buyout. Uh, the buyout yeah, it's details. Past oh or, my god. That's 2029. That's crazy. It is past 2029. So I'm looking at the OEL uh buyout details for Vancouver Jesus side. Christ. So for the first two years of the buyout. They're paying OEL $4.7 million for the first two years. Oh my God. And then for the remaining six, they're paying him $2.1 million to not play for them. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Benning in a nutshell. Crazy. Jim Benning in a nutshell. If that, if that does not describe Jim Benning, I don't know what will. And OEL's career isn't over. Like He's a free agent now. Like He's going to sign somewhere. Someone will give him a cheap deal. They're gonna. He's, he's probably gonna get league he's minimum. Like a, he's probably gonna get league minimum to two million dollars somewhere. He's not bad if you put him in a second or third line. You, you know where he's shooter. going. You know where he's going. Do come I? on, come on. You know I where don't. he's going. Come on. I actually don't. Toronto. It just that it's that contract screams Toronto. I would. They don't have a lot of cap space, and if he's going for. League min to two million. Third pairing defenseman replaced Mark Giordano. Hmm? You know who I thought though he was gonna go? Where? Rangers or uh Canes. Yeah, that makes sense too. There's like a bunch of teams. I think those two teams would try to go for go yeah. around him, especially the Canes. Yeah. Because I think he's solid if you put him on like a bottom four role. I think if you put him with a Anybody guy like who shooter. can anchor a defense pair, he's fine. Yeah, that's like why a I physical games. guy. They have a really solid defense. Yeah. And he would, like, I think, elevate that a decent bit. But, like, the fact of the matter is they have dead cap on OEL to God knows when. Like, it's Bobby Bonilla Day for hockey, probably. <laughs> um, you have, you have, you have three players on injured reserve for the Coyotes that have a combined cap of 21.4 million. Yeah, it's how they're getting to the cap floor. Jakob Voracek, Shea Weber, Shea Weber, Shea Weber. The Coyotes aren't a real team. You Shea, can't convince me they're a real Shea team. Shea fucking Weber. And the last name? I don't I don't even know this dude. You better tell me who this is. Brian Little. Oh, my God. Brian Little's on the fucking Coyotes. Yes. Who is He hasn't that? played a game in like three years. He's a former Winnipeg Jet. He was oh like a third line on the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. That contract's with the Yotes. Oh my god, I have not heard that name in so long. How much? I, need I thought to he see. retired. He probably did. Oh my <laughs> god. How much are they paying him? They they own five million next year. They're paying Brian Little five million dollars. Yes. yes. Five I might I might walk off this. Sh- I might walk away. <laughs> They're paying Jakob Voracek eight point two million. He's never played a game with them. They're paying he was with the he was at the he was the fucking Blue Jackets. They're paying him eight point two five million next season. And Shea Weber, they're paying for three more years at seven point three million. Three years. Shea Dude, Weber. the Coyotes aren't a real team. They're not. <laughs> they're just not. There's no. There is no shot that they are a real goddamn team. That's so funny to me now. I know that. I own a Coyotes jersey, but there's no way in hell they're a real team. But they also have two buyouts. 
And like they lose one of their buyout spots with OEL. So they can't keep this shit up forever. What the f is wrong with this team? Gee, I wonder why the Coyotes can't draw a crowd or get an NHL building. It's almost yeah. like they're not trying to win. That's what happens when you, uh, oh my God. Wait, who'd they buy out again? They're literally not trying to win. Patrick, Patrick, Nem- Patrick, Nem- yeah, they all, they bought out, and they bought Zach out two guys. Cassian. So they don't have any buyout slots for the next like couple years. Cause that Cassian was just a human traffic cone. He wasn't even a forward and Patrick Nemeth was God awful. Both of which, by the way, I just want to clarify those two buyouts equate to 1.8 million in 2023 and 1.9 million in 2024. This is literally how they're getting to the cap floor. That's how much money are they even paying their full roster? You all right, I'm doing the math right now. Give me one second. You really like how much money are they even paying their full roster? I'm doing the math right fucking now. Like, I don't get it. So what they got 21 million in forwards. So 21 million, 25.6 million. Dude. Come on. Mind you, the injury reserve plus the dead cap plus the buyout equates to around 23 million. Oh my God. They're paying roughly. They're paying almost the same for players to not play for them. That organization is cancer. You you almost have to contract that organization. Like you they're you can't. going to contract. You, just, can't. you can't stay. Like after we saw the after we talked about the information with the uh the Tempe proposal just completely falling through. I saw it had to do with um poisoned or like contaminated. It's a like, landfill. Water. Yeah. A landfill, yeah. They're turning into a landfill instead. And the and the group just said no. Yeah. Like Tempe just said no. I don't if I'm being completely honest. I don't know if I'm paying that money for a team that's not even trying. Because if a team's not even trying to win. Team. Think about like, how much the taxes would go up in Tempe. Yeah. If a team isn't even trying to win, if you're thinking it about does. it from purely an economic standpoint, if you're a resident of Tempe, the team isn't even trying to win, right? Huh. And if a team isn't trying to win, fans aren't coming to those fucking games. Like if I'm being completely honest, Arizona State. Like they didn't even sell out those games. Mind you, people, for anybody who doesn't know the capacity at at the games at Arizona State, I forget the specific name of the arena. Um, Mullet Arena. What was it called? Mullet Arena. Mullet Arena. Yeah, that place averages around five to five and a half thousand. They weren't selling out those games. They were getting close. But like, yeah, because opposing fans were buying the tickets. Yeah, let that sink in, folks. They weren't selling out five and a half thousand state like, seating for a stadium. Like, dude, That's, my team's been shit for a long time. Like, they haven't. You're been never going to be for that a bad. long time. But they've never, been trying. Be like, I think all other. And here's the thing: we we'll always talk about because you know, 
I watched a video that talked about like a lot of stuff that went wrong for the Coyotes. And yeah. Gary Bettman is going to be defined by all the teams he put in. And for yeah. every big success story, you know, there was Dallas. There was Vegas, obviously. There were teams that took a little bit. I know. I mean, I know it was only two years, but Seattle took a bit. They look like they're yeah. garbage for like three or four years. Well, Seattle's um, a hockey market, though. Like, but I guess Se- that's Seattle's true. had a history of hockey before. But so, but they took a little bit. The yeah. games took a long time. Florida took a long time. Florida took a long time, and they they've still have their bumps. Even Pittsburgh took a while. Nashville took a stupid yeah. amount of time. They were generally about to contract. Yeah. And they stayed and it worked out. But then for all those cases and for the ones in the middle where it worked out, but it took a long time, you have Arizona and Atlanta. Arizona is almost a carbon copy of why the Thrashers failed. I think it's worse. Arguably, it's worse because the Thrashers had terrible ownership. They, I think they were in the NHL for 13 years and made the playoffs one time and got swept. And got swept. I think it was a Kovalchuk. Yeah, they got swept swept. too. The Coyotes. When Don Waddell was the GM there. Yeah. Now I think he's with the Canes. Yeah, something Um, like that. But like the Coyotes have been around for way too long. They came in, what, 95? Yeah. They've been on one deep run. One? When was that? 2012. They made the, they lucked their way into the conference finals. I don't even know who was on that team back then. Shane Doan was on there. Ray Whitney oh, was on there. Um, I think Tara Vinen was on there. Really? Hmm. Yeah. But the Coyotes in the last like five years have not been trying to fucking win. They just haven't been. It's just, and it's painful because you see like all the different guys. I mean. They've had organizational issues. They literally were owned by the NHL for three seasons or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the time when they said, hey, let's make Wayne Gretzky the coach. That'll yeah. put asses in seats. No, it didn't. And the biggest <laughs> but... problem I have with the Coyotes is you have big market teams like New York, Toronto, Vegas, LA, Seattle, even Philadelphia, and like every Canadian team who gets strapped by this hard salary cap system that exists for teams like Arizona to do this shit, and the salary cap never goes up because the NHL doesn't make revenue from this fucking shithole. I mean, the Sens did it for a long time until Eugene Bellick finally croaked over. It's literally a shit stain on the league. Like, you can't... (laughs) It pisses me off because big market teams are just strapped and they can't get better players and like really good teams can't maintain or compete for championships for a long time because of teams like this that don't even try. Like in my opinion, the NHL should do what the NBA does with the luxury tax because it'll generate the league more revenue for cases like the coyotes who don't even try. Yeah. Like that's my main problem with this. Yeah, because it happened for a while. Like the Coyotes have I literally just the prime definition yeah. of it. Uh the Oilers until they got McDavid were pretty much that to a T. Yeah, but the, the Oilers Shens. had a rich history before they were doing it. Like it's one thing yeah. to do it for like a rebuilding window, which is what the Oilers it, did. That was for and a long time though. Well, they made the cup final in 2006 too. It wasn't that long. 
I guess. But it's not like the Coyotes where they've basically been doing it their entire existence. And I honestly think I think the worst case about the Coyotes is that with Atlanta, the biggest issue was they were owned by Atlanta Spirit, who basically yeah. sunk them to the ground. Them with the Hawks. Uh, if you ever want people, if you ever want to go look up some bad ownership, Atlanta Spirit is a perfect example of how not to run a franchise. Other than, other than probably Dan Snyder of the Commanders, they, like they're probably the worst ownership group in sports history. They're the most they're incompetent. They're one of the most incompetent. Tim or Melnick, it's them or Melnick. Yeah. Um, in hockey, it's oh, there's an Islanders owner who faked his net worth to buy them. Oh, oh my. Yeah. God. He was a Chinese guy, right? No. Uh, oh, was not the guy before. No, it was um oh god, I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name, but I know he only had like three million dollars to his name and he tried to buy the Islanders for like a hundred million dollars or something like that, and the checks kept bouncing. That's the so NHL the NHL's not a league. It's not. It's just not. That's so funny. But it's like uh I guess the biggest thing with Arizona is that the one they never had stable ownership. <clears throat> and I thought I thought with Morella that was gonna be the change. It, it's not. It is anything but not. And if you've ever seen some of the stories about some of the stuff since he's been there, doesn't seem like it's gonna change anytime. It's soon. arguably gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's gotten a lot worse. The toxic workplace culture, all that sort of stuff. It's really, like, it's really bad. The Arizona. NHL. I think. I think the biggest thing that I think sunk him. And like I said, I think I talked about this uh, in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. John Chico. Yeah. John Chico single-handedly, I think, nuked their organization to the ground. Any sort of decency or reputation they they were starting to finally get back, he sunk it into he the ground. It. He sunk he it. It's between that and just shitty ownership. The ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shitty ownership. Shitty ownership is always going to be the blame. Because ownership hired him. Good reputation and will they have? Yeah. That, that's where ownership is 100% the blame. To me, the only I don't remember if that's a previous owner of Morella. I think it was both but... previous. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the only thing to rectify this whole thing is just the NHL needs to force a sale to a new city and just move them. I don't think, I don't think hockey is dead in Arizona. Like I think there's a chance they come back. I think it's they like had Vegas fan base when they first started. Yeah, and then they started doing terrible, and there wasn't a point in watching them. It's the same thing with Atlanta. Atlanta. The Thrashers didn't fail in Atlanta because they weren't interested in the sport. They failed in Atlanta because they weren't worth watching. Like, that's the thing. It's one of these things where, like, I don't think any city in Canada or the United States, like, won't work for hockey. I think there's a hockey market in literally every big city in the two countries. The problem is, especially, like, sports is a business. If you don't put on a good product for people to watch, it's like anything. They won't come. Yeah. So you got to just move on, like move on, like really just start a new franchise with it. Hey. Remember, remember the prediction I made. Oh, yeah, I know. When you were accidentally saying Hartford instead of Houston. Um, No, 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 no. no. I was blatantly saying Hartford. I want that to happen. Oh no no! Whalers. You would joke. You would be so much crap for that. I was like, it's gonna happen, Hartford baby, and it might happen. Yeah, because a Connecticut governor found an ownership group in Connecticut to buy the Coyotes and move. I forget them. the senator's name. 
I really I don't remember go through for it. I really hope it goes through. I really want it to happen. Yeah. It would be so wild because I I think, and this is just a bold claim, because you know, everybody's like, oh, you gotta put in like the big cities either down south or on the coast. Yeah. You know, like, the Midwest and the North and New England can't, you know, sustain markets. I think you could, depending on how you like I say, it's always tough because you need success in the places like if you're gonna go in places like yeah, it's the reason why moves to Vegas I always say are really risky. Oh yeah, it's the same way with like Miami. If you're gonna put stuff in Miami, if you're gonna put something there, you need to know that product's gonna be good in like one to four seasons. And that's why Vegas winning the cup. I know people don't want to hear this. But Vegas winning the cup is objectively good for hockey. It is. It's great for hockey. No. Like, it's objectively good for hockey. But Tampa winning just the two the, cups was good for yeah, hockey. Tampa winning the two cups was great for hockey. Um, Dallas getting to the cup. I know they didn't win yeah. it. Good for hockey. You know, Florida making it to the cup. Fantastic for yeah. hockey. Like, Because they've, I know had, they've hockey... had the biggest time issue with attendance. Yeah. And the Kings Carolina being good, Carolina being good for the last couple of years, winning their cups. That's how they got yeah. their attendance back. Like I know, hockey purists don't really want to hear this. Like uh, a lot of fans of the original six, like when they saw the cup final, were like, "Who the hell is gonna watch that final?" But like, guys, you're all about growing the game, growing the game. We got to grow the game. Why aren't people like interested in the game? You need teams from like obscure hockey markets to be good. That's to grow I the think, game. That's how the that's, salary cap's going to go up. Yeah. That's how your favorite team is going to get better. Like, it's good for the game. It is. I, like, talk about markets. Like, you don't, like, I think places like Hartford mm-hmm. and Providence. Providence is decent. Get, Salt Lake City. Market. Salt Lake City could be a great place. I even think this bold take here, a place like South Dakota could get a big market. Yeah, the problem is just there isn't a huge city there. No, like, the biggest there, one is I can't even name Sioux it. Falls, I think. Yeah. Either Pierre or Sioux Falls, I forget. It's one yeah. of those two. So they but, don't have big cities, but I think Hart Hockey could thrive in places like that. If you I think do you it put a right minor way. league I think you put a minor league team there. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think you put an NHL team there, but I think you put a minor league team there. But NHL could succeed in places like Hartford or Providence, I believe. I truthfully yeah. believe that yeah. in my heart. I think they would see way better than how it's being run in Arizona. The biggest issue is, like everything, you need something stable. Especially so. for an organization like the Coyotes. you To me, you need to move this team to a city that you know is going to support them, even if they're bad. That's Facts. why I'm lobbying. That's why I'm kind of lobbying and hoping for Quebec City. Because for an organization like this that just is not good, and it won't be good even if another ownership group buys them right away because of their situation they're in, you need to have stable ownership and you need to have a stable fan base. That's why, to me, the answer has been Quebec City. That That's just my opinion. You need stable ownership. Maybe Salt Lake City could work. Be, like I don't know, but... Either I like you, Connecticut. Gamble if you did Salt Lake, yeah. Because for me, Salt Lake needs to be that. an expansion team. It needs to just be a full out expansion so, team. Yeah, if I were to say expansion teams, I'd say 
I'll throw out like one or two others. I'll say Salt Lake City, I'll say Hartford, and I'll say um Houston. actually I'll say Salt Lake, Houston and Providence. I say those four. To me, Providence is a weird one because Boston's right there. Yeah. I mean would you put one in I don't I think because the biggest thing for Atlanta me, maybe. I think Atlanta I could work. work. I think Atlanta could work if they get a good team. Like, that's the thing. Maybe. But it's just, yeah, that'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. If they keep, because you know, you know, you know, Gary Bettman. You know, he's going to do at least one or two more. Gary Bettman drinking the stupid fucker juice. Manifest destiny, baby. Like, I think the NHL could thrive. I, th- I think the cap is 36 teams, in my opinion. I agree. I think it's 36. Oh, yeah. 32. I mean, yeah, 32? we're at 32 yeah. right now. I think four more teams, and you can just tinker around with the with the location of a couple. Because Arizona, you need to move. You need to. like Arizona cannot say. He's so hard-pressed on keeping this team there, but they don't have an ownership group that's good enough. To a certain yeah. point, you purge it and you move it. Hell, if you want to, let all of the players become free agents, let them start over, and basically let them become an expansion team again. If you want to work, if you want to work it that way, like I don't know if there's a rule for that, but just purge it, let them, let the franchise be a new thing and move it. Business, yeah, no one to take the L. Um, yeah. On like one ownership, we uh, there, there's a new ownership now, new, new blood. Oh yeah, much needed for uh for a team on the up and up, I would say. Yeah. For for the Sens, the Senators have a Montreal Canadiens fan as their owner. <laughs> That's so funny when I saw that. Yeah, I kind of wish Ryan Reynolds was going to own them, but it yeah. didn't work out. He also owned a partial stake in the Habs, too. His name is Michael Anlauer. He's a Toronto-born millionaire or billionaire, I guess, because he it's bought the team for yeah, he bought the team for nine hundred and fifty million dollars. 950 mil but he's been a owner in hockey for a long time so like the nhl wants stable ownership because they don't want another i know we keep shitting on him but coyote situation again i don't think yeah i definitely know you almost toxic stuff like that but i think the sense just don't want another melding yeah you want a guy who's stable like to me the first order business sends got to do find a building that's actually in ottawa I think they're working on that. They they, are. they were um, what's the place? LeBreton Flats, I think is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, they're getting they're getting that back on track since Melnick passed away. Good, because like you need you need to put that building in Ottawa because like the problem is that their building is closer to Toronto than it is to Ottawa. That's and, like, why whenever the Leafs play the Sens, like at the Sens, the packed house, all these fans. It's all these fans. And I think, and this is the thing with that ownership, and I actually. We'll say this. Like I said, I think the best thing, and it sounds sad saying that the best thing that happened for the Suns was Melnick passing away because he passed away. The ownership got a lot less toxic. The organization got a lot less toxic. And Pierre Dolan basically did a whole 180. He looked like one of the worst GMs in the league. Because he could actually do his job. When he got to actually do his job and not feel like he had to be meddled, he actually did. He does a really good job with everything. Even though I don't think Pierre Dorian is going to be the GM for that much longer because they like just, another guy. 
And it's a shame because I think yeah. they would be. I He'll think he's really job. good at his job. I think he's yeah. really good at his job. He'll get another job. He will. That Chitron trade I thought was a slam dunk. Yeah. When he made it. I think he'll get another job somewhere. Like just he's not gonna oh, yeah. be out for long. There's no way he won't be out for long. Between that, keeping Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, you know, all these guys they brought yeah. in and, and you know brought up Connor getting Connor Brown. I thought that was an amazing move. Yeah. Like if I'm I could see if Dorian gets fired, I could see a team like Pittsburgh because they have uh, Kyle Dubas as president of hockey ops and Spets as uh, assistant GM. Just they might keep in Dorian as like a, the... maybe like a like a vice president or something. I feel they like. might put him as. President. I feel like it would be really stupid of them to let a guy like that who has yeah. generally been with them for so long through all the bad times, and then who actually I think has rebuilt this team from the ground, literally from the ground floor yeah. up walk i think would be a big mistake from sense oh you and me both you especially me with both. ownership like this who's actually going to keep things i think stable there and with yeah the stadium sauce i think it would be really stupid to let a guy like this walk i personally think so but and for the sense like i think the ownership is is just very stable to me what the new owner has to do is the sense have been marketing to like english speaking people in canada but what they need to do is Ottawa is very close to Quebec. Like you go across a bridge and you're in Quebec. So oh, really? to me, what Ottawa needs to hmm. do is they need to market themselves to French speaking people just to be able to fill the building more. Like yeah, I think they should get revenue. to both ends. Yeah. And tart both the markets, I would say they used to do it. They used to do it pretty well before they moved to the new building they were in, but I think this gives them a bigger opportunity to try to like grow the fan base a little bit more because like Ottawa can be a Ottawa can be a good draw like it has been in the past. I think with this, you're gonna see a big swing for Ottawa this next season. I don't necessarily think they're a playoff team yet, but I think they're close. I to me, it's like right another there. Buffalo situation where they can, but they probably won't. Just because of how many good teams are in the Eastern Conference, like that is true. They, you don't know what the Penguins are going to be. You don't know what the Caps are going to be. The Red Wings could flip. Like you don't know, the Habs could flip. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of intrigue in the Atlantic side. The Eastern Conference <laughs> the is going to be side. good again. The Eastern Conference is going to be so good. Yeah, nice season. So, but yeah, I guess I'm trying to think what's what's next. So. Let's yeah, do like think... let's do a fun thing. Um the the Flyers unveiled new jerseys, which personally I'm I'm a fan of. I like the I like it. They did a uh, shout out to their 90s uniforms. They changed from the brighter orange to burnout orange. Just chef's mwah, chef's kiss. I I, I might be in the minority of uh of fans outside of Philly. Oh. I, I love those jerseys. I love the burnout. They remind cold, me of the actually. Lindros era <laughs> and the Legion of Doom era. I love it. I love it. Oh, nice. I'll give them that. Oh, yeah. Like, I know my mom's a big Flyers fan. Like, she she loved those jerseys. Like, they, they're great. I love them. I think new look, maybe. Maybe some new hope for Flyers. The, new, the new era. The new era of orange. <laughs> the new era of orange, baby. Yeah. <laughs> They won. They won a trade, though. It's a step up. It is. Now, don't do anything dumb in free agency, please. 
signs just like the dumbest michael person. bunting for 10 million dollars a season <laughs> aiden um, hill to a five by five god no <laughs> um spe- speaking of uh teams in the metro like i know like i know this wasn't on like the list to cover but i found this like a kind of interesting topic um i was listening to the uh, steve dangle podcast this morning when i was at the gym and they were talking about something pretty interesting. Uh, there were reports about the prospect from Russia, Matvey Michkov, potentially doing a similar thing that Yarmir Yager did back in the '90s, where like teams were calling him, like asking if he were if he was going to get picked, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm leaving Russia or the Czech Republic anytime soon." And then he calls up Pittsburgh, and he goes, "I'll come over today if you pick me." Now. Mitchkov's representation has kind of been quiet in terms of interviews because like apparently he has like one team that he really wants to go to but other really? teams don't really know that because he hasn't really talked to them and the team is at eighth overall the capitals he kind of, he wants to go to washington now Stop. Yeah, he wants Don't to go give to Washington. Me this false hope. No, Don't from give me what I've false hope. From what I've been hearing, he wants to go to Washington to play with his hero Ovechkin, which like who wouldn't? So God make that it being happen. said, if make I'm another team, if I'm another team and I'm kind of seeing this, I'm calling up the caps, like maybe Arizona calls them from six and they go, like, hey, we know you want this pick. Trade us a second. And you can pick him. Like, I think Mitchkov goes to Washington. Please happen. I will lose my mind. Granted, so I don't happy. think he makes the jump this season, no. but I think he does. I think he does. Not this season. How old is he? 18? Yeah. That would be crazy. Oh, my goodness. That kicks that rebuild off pretty well. I mean, yeah. If you, from what I've seen, like, if you. I I'm I'm advising everyone like if you have the time, look up Matvey Mitchkov highlights. The kid is. I'm so glad you told me to look. He I is a Connor Bedard comparable. Like in any so other draft, any other draft, this kid goes first or second. And the only reason he's not is because of the war in Ukraine right now, where information <laughs> is shaky at best. Where you don't really know information isn't coming out as much. Like we haven't seen something like this since like before you and I were born, like the eighties and nineties, where like you just don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's gonna really be tough. like that for the foreseeable future, because like you just you just don't know. Next but few years at least, if not more. I see him going to Washington. That would be crazy. Oh my god, please make it happen. <laughs> you buying a Mitchkov jersey right away? Hell yes. <laughs> I need something. The Caps were so depressing to watch last season. I like watching indirectly. I know I watch the Penguins indirectly, but man, yeah. watching Ovi is so much fun. Watching the Caps, I watched the first year I watched hockey. It was a Caps. Was that, Caps? Was, that was that playoff run when they won the cup? Yeah, I think I saw that in the, uh, Which the was Vegas season. Also good for hockey. Because so living hockey, in Maryland at the cup. time, playing hockey, I remember the year before they won the cup, tryouts for the team weren't like that big. Um, there weren't that many guys out there. And then no. the year after the Caps won the cup, our tryouts tripled in size. 
triple so, so many more people wanted so to play bad. we were so, i was so sick of seeing them lose the penguins i like watching the penguins and all i hated seeing them lose the penguins i wasn't because i'm a fan i wanted to smack my head against the tv screen when i saw that game and i was like oh it's happened a lot i'm like what do you mean and i'm like oh it's happened like six different times and uh, just hurts but bonino 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 nick bonino fuck off <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, we we missed something pretty big. We missed a few signings, actually. Yeah. Let's uh, start, let's start with, with the small one. one. Let's start with the small one. You want to start with the small one? Start with the small one. Uh, Habs resign or resign? Resign. Sean Monahan for a one year deal. Something pretty minor. Bad. I think is nice for them just having, especially since they have like such a like a. They need him for depth. Young roster. He, he didn't have a bad year last year, so need him for depth. Less than $2 million for a year. He's going to be trade deadline. Time. He's going to be trade deadline fodder. You know he oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that contract screens trade deadline. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good trade deadline fodder. They'll probably get like a second or a third out of him, which, okay, paying that cap hit for an extra second, I'll Not take bad. it. And I think he's a good player as well. Oh yeah, he is. He still has stuff in the tank. I could see him getting traded to a contender. A contender, yeah, yeah. But no, hey. let's get to the big deal now. Yeah. That. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> <sighs> I have mixed feelings on this deal, but you can it's go weird. ahead and announce it. Well, folks, uh, the Devils. You see a deal like this? They uh, they're they're serious about wanting to win this year. They very much yeah. are. They signed Jesper Brat to an eight-year deal at $63 million, which comes out to an annual value of $7.875 million. Like, I'm a fan of it, but, like, I am a fan of it, but not at the same time. Jesper Brat. The deal Brat's could a be player. a lot worse than it is. It could be a lot worse. Um, Brat Brat's a good player. I do I do like him. I just like gotta get used to players of his caliber getting upwards of eight million now because the cap is so much different. Yeah. To me, the Devils have been really, really good about the contracts they've been signing. I think they the way I look at it, I think Brat they look at Brat the same way like you know, like the Islanders, they're big, like they're big defining players or Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Yeah. Until they signed Artemi Panarin. Oh, yeah. And I think they're looking at Jesper Brat the same way as I think the Rangers look at a guy like Panarin. A guy to, you know, complement what Jack Hughes does. Jack Hughes is their signing star on the team. Oh, yeah. And, and that, that contract's going to be a steal. Oh, yeah. No, that one's, a, that one's crazy good. And Jesper Brat's someone I think that I think is only getting better. It's gonna be better for at least till like the last two years of that deal. Yeah, like he'll he will start that contract out and then some by the time it like gets to being like feeling steep. So I think with everything here they made, I think personally the right call easily. Oh yeah, me too. Like I think it was a good. I think overall it was a good signing. Um, very good plan of getting out in front of his his golden years too. Um. He had a pretty good season this year. He had 32 goals and 41 assists for 73 points in a full season. That's going to be interesting, though. His last two years have been pretty good production. He had 
dual 73 point seasons in the last two years. So, yeah, the good thing for them as well is with a guy like Akira Schmidt and even Blackwood, if they need to keep him, if you know, let him walk or whatever, they don't they don't have a stupid amount of RFAs. No, they don't. The biggest ones they need to decide are Timo Meyer, Jesper Boquist, and um, and Igor Sharangovich. Uh, Sharangovich. 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 I'm bad with names. Yeah, those three, and they, have, and they have around 27 million in cap still to easily play around with, even with that contract. Yeah, to me, the biggest thing for them... They're in good hands right now, even with that. Yeah. Contract, it's a little heavy, but it's like... They need to be... You worry about that till later. They need to be careful with Timo Meyer. That's, That's the, the one. one glaring thing. You you cannot pay Timo Meyer double digits. No. Especially because... Yeah, I don't know if it was just, you know, trying to get used to things. Yeah. Stuck with that. Yeah. Like to me, you, you just trash with the Devils for most of the season. If you can get Timo Meyer to an eight million dollar deal, eight point five, I think they're in good shape. To me, the bar is eight point five. That's the max. We're still giving about eighteen million to play around with. Yeah, to bring back their RFA's, have another goalie after next season because Kira Schmidt's an RFA after yeah. next season. Um. Because you're going to keep Van Check another three, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Um, like to me, it's 8.5 is the max. It's going to be exciting. Like, I think that I think that was made a right call here. I think their team yeah. is very, is pretty much in really good hands now. To me, the Devils their... look like they're constructing themselves a lot like Tampa Bay did when they were starting to get good in 2015. Mm-hmm. I, think I think they're goalie away. Smart as well. Yeah, you know they got you got Palat and Hishier for the long term. They already have Dells dealt with, so as long as they can keep their hands on like Igor Sharangovich and Dawson Mercer, yeah, like if you keep your whole hands good. on both those two, and even like, and even like Meyer, I think the Devils win the division scary. next year. They're going to be scary for at least the next five yeah. seasons. I think the Devils win the Metro next season. I think it's definitely a possibility unless yeah. the Canes keep up what they do. That's true. We'll see. But, uh, we will we see. Have... Oh, wait. We got a big thing on that match. We I got a... one last thing. It's a big one. One last thing, which is kind of a fun fact, a fun fact about me, too, included in it. So, the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2023 was announced couple of big names in there actually so one i can say i know the inductees are ken hitchcock as a coach pierre lacroix um carolyn olette pierre turgeon mike vernon henrik lundquist which to me is the biggest name well well deserved and the only reason i kept this name last is because there's a fun connection between between he and i um, the last inductee is a former Penguins goalie, Tom Barrasso, two-time Stanley Cup champion with Pittsburgh. Um, fun fact about uh, Tom Barrasso and I is we are cousins. What? Yeah, I'm cousins with uh, Tom Barrasso. So when I was first starting to play hockey, people in my family were like, why don't you play goalie for... Uh, 
for like the for like the family because like I, we have a family member who is a cup champion so what i didn't end up doing that yeah yeah i don't think i ever told you that you that's crazy yeah we're pretty relative we're that's... pretty distant cousins but we're still it's related so like yeah that's crazy to me because the only other story i've heard about someone like related was i had i went up to an event up in wexford mm-hmm. and my uber drive it was with me and uh one of our for one of our friends yeah <laughs> you know which one i'm talking about mm-hmm. and the uber driver told us he was up he was cousins with brandon sod oh brandon sod's a pittsburgh when, boy that's why when he won the cup yeah he was at this event it was like a log cabin up in uh wexford mm-hmm. where they were throwing a giant party and he was he went to it it was telling us all about because we were going to the same place yeah and i was like that's crazy to know someone like that like that's that's wild yeah it is it is really crazy because like i have that cousin connection um i know a couple of guys who have been drafted in the nhl so like it it's kind of crazy like it's wild to know that I'm waiting for a couple of them to make NHL debuts. A couple of them are still in the minors, so we're I'm hoping. That's crazy. Bro. I'm hoping we'll, to we'll Tom see. Barras. Congratulations yeah. to Tom Barrasso and all maybe, the others, especially maybe King I'll Henry. get invited to the induction ceremony. Oh my god, yo! I might. We'll see. I don't know if you do. Oh, if I do, I'm to, I'm making content there. Hundred percent. You, you guys are getting a special uh, hockey hall of fame YouTube video. We gotta get video. a special for this for pond hockey. hundred yeah. percent. Not trying to content farm, but experience like that. Like when yeah. you see something like a hall of fame induction, that's a once in a lifetime thing. You have oh, yeah. to get memories of that. I'll show you guys. Well, I've I've touched the Stanley Cup twice, so it won't be the closest I've ever been to the cup. But it's it'll there. be third time. Be up there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. I'll be up there. I'll single handedly curse a team. I'll wear a jersey of a team I don't like and, th- and just rub my hands all over the cup. <laughs> Thank you, team, for the next two decades. I probably did that on accident, but it's okay. I touched the cup when the Pens won it twice. That's twice. Funny. Yeah. I did it twice, oh but goodness. to me, the guy who I'm like super happy for is Henrik Lundqvist. Like the guy, I saw a lot of debates online whether or not he deserved it, but like, no, the guy was it. one of the best goalies of his generation. Like he, I know he never won a cup, but like there are a bunch of Hall of Famers that never did, and I just, mean, he got as close as he possibly could have. Oh yeah, and like you cannot tell me like for the people like listening to this. If you watched hockey in like the mid 2000s to like the late 2010s, you know a goalie in the top two, and most of the time was not number two, was Henrik Lundqvist. It was Henrik Lundqvist, um, Carey Price, and Marc Andre Fleury. Those three yep. were the guys, and all three of them are Hall of Famers. All of them. 100%. Yeah, Carey Price. I'm sad the story that's coming out to like the end of his career, all the stuff he's battling. Yeah. yeah. Like the injuries and stuff like that, the injuries and the mental stuff. Like, I wish him nothing but the best in the career because I know when things, when he does decide to hang up everything, he put together 
a career hall of fame career without a doubt to me without a doubt like to give you an idea about henrik lundquist he played in 887 games he was 459 310 and 96 with a career save percentage of a 918 and a goals against average of 2.43 as well as 64 shutouts I'm pretty sure those last two stats are similar to like I might be completely wrong. You know, it's similar to like a Patrick Wah. Yeah, the thing that separates Wah though Games. is just the thing that separates Wah though are just the cops. Cops and the oh, best I, most. I thought it was the games. Because I thought Wah, he played a lot like, longer. Henrik Lundqvist is a Hall of Famer, but he's not like he's not top three goaltenders of all time. No. Like Henrik Lundqvist won a Vesna in 2011-2012. Yeah. Like he has a Vesna trophy, but to me, what makes Henrik Lundqvist a Hall of Famer is just he had a couple of years, man, where he was just unbeatable. It was like just some years, he's like he's the not. sole reason. They he's the, the sole reason league. why Sidney Crosby doesn't have six rings. Like it, it, he was that good. Like he's the reason, like why Ovi doesn't have another two. Crosby doesn't have like another th- two or three. Like crazy good, crazy. He good. was so good, but that's actually kind of a fun kind of uh class, like class for Hall of Famers. Yeah, the other Let's guy who's really fun is Pierre Turgeon. Tell me Pierre... a little about this one. So I'll have to look up his stats. But from what I remember of Pierre Turgeon, he was mostly known for his days in. He was really an Islander. He was really an Islanders guy. Um, he won a Lady Bing trophy with them. He was before they won the cups, but just a very good player. So his career stats, 1,294 games. 515 goals so he's in the 500 goals club uh 812 assists he had a thousand three hundred and twenty seven points more like, points in games like like it's what you always see more points in games when it's over a thousand you, you know it's just like it's almost a guarantee at that oh point. yeah yeah like pierre pierre turgeon just great player in the 90s like that was when like scoring was just crazy good even in the dead puck era like he was putting up like 20 30 goals like not a bad player at all. So he played for Buffalo, New York Islanders, Montreal, St. Louis, Dallas, and finished with Colorado. And his last season was 06-07. Very solid career for uh, Pierre Turgeon. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a Hall of Fame class. Oh, the Hall of Fame class is... This Hall of Fame class is really good. More players than usual, too. Ken Hitchcock got in, which is kind of surprising to me as a coach. It's going to be interesting when we see, like, like when we get a little older, some of like, the guys we've lost. Like, obviously, like, you know, the big ones are going to be, like, Ovi and Crosby. Well, I feel like Flurry's going to have a weird case. He might get one. We have so many guys. Like, to me, it's Ovi, Backstrom, Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Vassy, Flurry, Stamkos, Kucherov, McDavid, Stamkos, David Drysidel, Drysidel. There's an argument for John Carlson. 
Um, yeah, I feel like Bergeron could be up there. Bergeron. Marchand. Uh, from my days growing up, Zdeno Chara. Zdeno Chara, oh my goodness. Um, Kane and Taves. Yes. Uh, Spezza. Duncan Keith, J- Jason Spezza. God, there's so many guys. There's That's so crazy. many guys. It's only getting better as well. That's crazy. I really think, like, if Joe Pavelski's like, in that oh conversation, God, yes, Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton. So many guys. Oh. If Eric Carlson ever wins a cup, there's an argument. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon. Like, there's just so many guys. So much talent in the league. It's like so many guys. Like say, that's why we get so frustrated about like things like you know the Coyotes and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, like I got frustrated with like all the stuff with the Sens until recently. Mm-hmm. It's because stuff like that ruins like what I think right now is the best time to be a hockey fan ever. Because the sport's the better than it's ever been. Like the NHL and the Coyotes are just a prime example of this where the NHL is just shooting themselves in the foot. They have the talent, they have the marketability, they just don't do it. And that's part Especially of the Especially right now, it's a perfect time to try and capitalize on it because the NBA is taking heavy hits right now with a lot of personal decisions they've made. The NFL's reeling a little bit. In terms of loss, they've lost a little bit the last two years. Yeah. Not to the same degree. The NBA, they're bleeding right now a little bit in numbers. Hockey and the MLS need to like make moves. And the MLS is making moves. Like they signed, they got Lionel Messi to come Bro, to the MLS. I saw that Lionel Messi is <laughs> what's like, he at Miami or something? Yeah, it's under Miami. As you're going like, down to Miami, you walk you walk down the street and you see Lionel Messi. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. You're just like you're just in shock. Best soccer player ever. Yes. Like Mr. I'm gonna go sign at Saudi Arabia, Ronaldo. I'm uh, I man, so I can make these jokes. And the PGA tour <laughs> uh merging with Live Golf, too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yikes. That was a yikes. But like just overall, like good times for hockey. They just need to market themselves better. I think I think they're gonna get in better, the next so. five years, I think they'll be in a better spot than they are. Just move Arizona. Amen. Too hard for any. <laughs> yeah, but I will do it. First season of pond hockey in the books. It was pretty fun. And uh, I guess to wrap up season one, I think let's before we head to like the charities and stuff. Yeah, I think let's give a little breakdown of like what a I think what's this season, what this first season like meant to us, and I oh, think yeah. kind of why we never really like we've kind of glanced about it, but I think let's kind of like address like what what kind of started this all up because for fun facts for everybody, one year ago we didn't even know each other. Really? Yeah, like we were, we were like, we might have talked once or twice. Yeah, because like we talked in passing a lot, but we didn't really like have a solid friendship until this year, like October, September, yes. October. Yeah, and then October because September I first I really first met you in September. We were working yeah. when I was working with our friend, the one I went up to up in Wexford, yeah, uh, for the event. And the two of us were running a stand for a club at Duquesne. Yeah. At an expo. We're Duquesne students. Yes, we are. And proud of it. <laughs> I'll always stand by that. Proud of being Duquesne. I'll always stand by that. Yeah. 
because I have bad experience with George Mason. I will always stand being proud to Kane. But we started off then, and I think that's when I first met you like as a friend. Yeah, we met each other at that table, and then I started coming to the club more regularly because I had time freed up for reasons I'm not going to get into. But um, just after after that, like we just clicked for like every time we saw each other started talking more um got to know each other's interest and like you i think said right you were doing a radio show yeah. at wdsr and i was like I you think know at that time as well you started i started showing up more at the tv well each other both tv studios one yeah on the bottom of the camp one like the big building campus i always would go to class for one at like the union that yeah you know one day you started popping in and you started popping in more and more with me and my friend harley who Shout out to Harley for DSR, by the way. He's helped make a lot of this possible. We got to have a fun episode with him. Oh, he's coming on at some point. I will talk with yeah, him. Yeah, we got to have a fun episode with him. I think we should have him on. Oh, we definitely will for season We two. should don't do, worry. like, because I don't know if Harley's, like, a big hockey fan, but we should, like, get on here and have him, like, do a tier list of, like, which hockey jerseys are his favorite or something like that. Yeah. Like, something fun. Do something, something like that with him. Your, yeah. <laughs> your girlfriend. Or, like, others. hard names to pronounce. So it would be really funny bringing on because like Harley's not as much of a hockey guy, but yeah, um, it'd be funny bringing on like our friend, our friend Harley, Meg. Oh God! If I bring people, if I bring Meg on, like the, th- the funny so thing with funny her, bring on people who like aren't as sports junkies yeah. as like we are. We are. I think that's also why we clicked as well as we did. We're both painfully addicted to sports. <laughs> we are both absolute nerds and addicted to sports. Like it's because. Yes, I've joked with so many friends. You give me a word of Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, like a like a bunch of games to watch, and no homework. Oh yeah, that's more addicting to me than any alcohol, drug, or any sort of uh, <laughs> we'll just say pornographic material. Oh dear. Oh god. Oh god. I'll just, I'll just say that. I'm only saying. Oh god. I only say those three things because you know those are three things that people get addicted to. Yeah. Because it's unfortunately sad and reality of life. Yeah. So. I joke about it all the time because, like, sports is something that I put a heavy emotional investment in, and I care about it deeply. So when I had a friend that I felt like really kind of messed with that, I wanted to bring this to him because credit to Jimmy, like, especially for the last few months, it's been tough on me because I haven't been able to help out as much because of school and uh, my yeah. summer class and my job and. That's what's made all this so well is Jimmy has, you know, he's really like you've taken something in which I don't know how, what was your experience with like radio podcasts, like all that sort of stuff? Is it this like your so, first like big experience? This is like, this is like really my first experience with it. Um, Cause like my whole thing about wanting to start this was like, I've been listening to shows like for a long time. It was something that I've always been interested in, but like, just from my schooling, like I've always been good at like the number side and like it's something I've been good at. So like that's why I'm a math student. Like I'm a psych student too, because I like to break stuff down a lot. And this was always like a hobby I had on the side. So like growing up, I was always like a big hockey fan. Like it was just like the one thing that I just always enjoyed. Like as long as I could remember, I was like sitting down watching games. Like first big memory of the sport was watching the 2008 Stanley cup final and the 2009 Stanley cup final with, with my family, like my dad, my uncle, uh, my sister too. 
Um, my mom was also a big influencing factor, especially because like hockey was her, like her thing. Like it was just the thing that she always loved. She always talked about it. Like I remember playing ping pong with her growing up and she'd wear her flyers gear and I'd wear like a penguins jersey or another team jersey. And like <laughs> we'd always like argue about it and have like a little bit of fun with it. Wow. Um, it's just one of those things that's always been a hobby of mine, like playing the sport too. And like really the biggest influence for me and it's been like a recent find relatively recent like 2017 2018 just steve dangle was like the big influence for me because like i just remember like watching yes. his, watching his videos and like they were they were great they were funny like you understood what was going on i'm like maybe i can do that for more teams in the league like it's something that like you start to see more growth in it over the last couple of years. Like more teams are covering or like more guys are covering more teams. So like you got guys like Eck on YouTube, you got the hockey guy, you hockey got guy, hockey yes. psychology. Like those guys are fantastic at what they do. So it was one of those things where, you know, I found a really good friend that like wanted to learn more about the sport and wanted and like I vibed well with. So like, why not? And like the thing that got me like on board to do more of this was like that first radio show where we just talked about music for a long time. Like I just felt comfortable being around you, felt comfortable just talking on a mic like my personality show, which is something that I really haven't been able to do for like a majority because I've always been like if like anyone comes up to me like from the show and listen to it like I cannot stress this enough. It is not because like I'm trying to be mean. It's just like I'm so introverted. Like it's not even funny. <laughs> but I know I fully get finding that. comfort is really just the big thing. And I think it like this biz set makes me so like happy is seeing like this is what I've always wanted to see from people is like people who like because I grow up, you know, for people who really don't know me, I I didn't really grow up with hockey until like right around the pandemic hit. And, you know, I grew up, I was like, I'm going to be a video game designer, all these, like all this big thing. I played George Mason, got in all stuff, pandemic hits. And I just was not happy with my life. And I basically did 180. It went from, you know, wanting to make games to like wanting to promote, promote stuff and, you know, share people's stories and all this sort of stuff. And to find someone like as a great friend of like as uh, like you and see like you got this interest and it's like it's something that like you gave the idea and like you talked about it with me and I just I heard every detail and it just rang in my head like I just visualized every single bit that you wanted to do and I could look right at you and know a you could make this possible because I know I know damn well from watching, from getting to know you last year. Now, when you <laughs> when you put your mind to something like you did with this show, is I've been I've been the one kind of been along for the ride as I've watched things grow, and you really put so much you put so much effort in this show, from the promotions to the charities, which we will be right there with very yeah. soon, and just everything there. So from every ounce of growth, like. It, it came from the amount of hard work time and determination you put in and i and i think that's why i've loved this season so much like oh yeah from, 
from just like messing around from our terrible, our absolutely <laughs> god awful predictions to watching the Leafs come back, basically on mic that night for yeah. an episode to watching us just bicker about stupid stuff oh, to god. just to all the stuff that's even coming in the future. Because like I said, folks, this is season one. Yeah. And even for the viewership we got for season one, this was far and beyond anything I think we've even expected. Yeah, because like we got we got a lot more Spotify listeners than I than I would have ever dreamed of. Like it we're gonna hit a point where like we're gonna have more growth. Like a big goal of mine, like to try to start doing is like do like shorts or like tiktok bites try to get like short little clips of us out there get our names this will out be where i'm coming in folks so we're gonna yeah. be you're gonna be trimming this down we're gonna be sick make it some yeah. funny clips for everybody tiktok we might, might have to hire shorts, an editor Instagram reels might have to hire an editor or something get someone on someone on board some... for for us with the amount of uh, sure. work it's gonna take um we got our work cut out but we gonna make some stuff yeah. happen you me and anyone else we bring yeah. off for the team and because... it's been it's been very rewarding, like, especially like getting closer, getting closer to you, being able to like talk about just like random stuff. Cause like, it's not all about hockey. Like we have a lot of fun. Like there's been rewarding stuff, like getting to know you getting to like talk and grow the sport that I've loved since like, as long as I can remember, um, finally seeing my team win a round for the first time since I was That's crazy. three that years old. Year we did this. Grant, I'm like, I'm disappointed of how it ended, but like, especially with the timing of everything, like just getting out there, like getting like my reactions out there, like talking to you about it, getting my girlfriend who like just didn't really know a lot about hockey, but like she was very open minded, like the best experience this year in hockey that I had, like not including starting the show was when she surprised me with glass seats to see the penguins of the Leafs play like that was just like top tier great thing like such a good that was such a good uh, yeah it was such a fun time bad painful on my end because they lost five two that night thanks pence um all, all all the goals were scored crazy. in front of me it's so much fun to watch that game like with yeah. friends and stuff like that so like this last two years have made me big hockey fans through some of my friends um one or two of my friends who just graduated went back to philly um i think one of them is watching this uh one of my friends watches this show as well nice uh, my friend from philly he's a big penguins fan as well so uh to my friend liam i hope you're over here this man you're you're one of the biggest reason i got in the sport as well along with jimmy so i can't thank you both enough because you um, both, i've got yeah. so much from this from steve dangle that's why i love that you mentioned that because yeah that's pretty much where i picked it up from them and sdp and it's so sad to see he's leaving sports night and all that stuff because I think he did such a fantastic job there, but oh, I'm yeah. so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see where he goes with, you know, with the podcast, stuff like that, because they put so yeah. much time and effort to it. And it's generally like for hockey, that's my favorite content right there. Yeah. And like the guy, the guy is just like way more important than he thinks he is. Like he's done great for just like growth of like the hockey media in general, getting a lot more people on board. He's great. One of the single biggest the reasons game. hockey media has exploded the way yeah. it is. And it's From good his... for the fantastic yeah. for the sport. From his personality, the Steve Dangus to the trade trees, like half those phrases I never would have even known about. Yeah, like without seeing some of the information, it's that he great gave. for people like first getting into the sport. Like when when you're confronted, like, hey, look at this big trade that happened like a ton of years ago. Like it's just like the trade that the Cowboys and Vikings had that built the Cowboys dynasty. Walker. 
like it's the similar thing where like you can reference these things and, like know more about the sport like it's just really important it's great the way he did it it's that's why i'm so as we come to the end of season one we have we we cannot thank every uh, there's no amount of thanks to say how far we've come in such a short time in just starting to build up an audience and yeah like i said season two we're going bigger bolder wilder <laughs> no nah, no nah, maybe not the last one we're gonna say swear maybe. words <laughs> we already have. i mean we already <laughs> we can't we can't we can't what we get what we hit august unless we don't do it via dsr airways i think but we will we'll make it we'll make it all work. we'll make so it work you, you all just are the reason we've started this like we both put down a year like an idea in mind but the amount of support we've received it is always just it means the world to us you have no idea yeah it really has been like thank you guys for tuning in like i know these episodes are like really long but like it, <laughs> you guys you guys been great like especially with like this week like we've had like just life throws challenges and it's just like one of these things where like you could sit down relax like that's one of the goals of this show like especially like i was telling nick earlier like the show isn't meant to be like a big stress for really like anyone involved it's meant to like just sit down chill have fun so like it's one of those things where i don't want this thing to become like oh like we gotta do this tedious, thing. yeah because if it ever becomes one of those things where it's like it's just not that fun to do it's not really worth it like it's one of those things where like it's like with anything like if you end up missing something then like it, it's okay like it's yeah, one of those we things can make where it up we can make it no we exactly. we'll always let you guys know because we don't want to stress ourselves out but we also want to we we also give the promise of always letting you guys know yeah and just being laid back instead of stress it just gives everyone a better experience overall not only for you guys but for us it lets us be more laid back lets us talk as friends like it's just one of those things where it's important to be comfortable and like that's the main mission of this entire show it's not only for like us two to be comfortable talking about whatever we're going to talk about on a given show it's like you guys being comfortable with what you're hearing it's like we want to be welcoming for all i think we've done a really good job at that with um, the charities we've been doing yeah and like especially with uh this month being pride month it's the, the biggest thing to me was like not just changing a logo for the sake of changing a logo it's like we wanted to do something that like actually benefits people and like that's just the biggest thing that I wanted to do is like do something to help people at the same time. Like maybe we're a, we're a like stress relief for like a young kid who's not doing that well and wanted to find more about hockey or wasn't able to watch hockey on their TV because something happened or like someone who maybe can't afford like the NHL sports packages on TV who still mm -hmm. wants to consume the games. It's stuff like that. Like, it's something that like I just want to find a way to help people with, like not only understand the information, but also like feel welcome to the game. Exactly. So I think with that out of the way, I think we we should wrap we should wrap this up, put a nice little bow on the season by ending with two big uh brain. Big brain. <laughs> big brain. Two big uh, charities that we put out or we got uh, ready for tonight. I'm going to let you take over because I'm struggling with words here. 
All right, I will take over with mine if their website will allow me to uh will allow me to uh load load up their site to properly uh shout them out. All right. So, the first charity that I want to shout out is GLSEN. And GLSEN, their mission is that every student has the right to a safe, supportive, and LGBTQ inclusive K through 12 education. They are a national network of educators, student, and local chapters making this right a reality. Um, their research and experience has shown that there are four major ways that schools can cultivate a safe and supportive environment for all their students, regardless of sexual orientation, gender, or identity of expression. So basically what they do is they develop supportive educators. So they develop a healthy environment for students in the community to learn and feel welcome. Um, they help support um, LGBTQ plus inclusive groups like in colleges or clubs and school. Um, they do comprehensive policies as well. And they also have an inclusive curriculum, especially in these in these times where the community is trying to be censored and silenced. I think this is more important than ever not just to foster a community, a uh, welcoming environment, because that's important, but it's also important to educate people on like just their history, like just to keep ignorance at a low, because I think that's like a majority of this problem is just blind ignorance because ignorance leads to confusion. Confusion leads to hate. It's one of those things that's important. Um, I think it's a really important thing that people know no history because if they don't it's just one of these things where if you don't try to understand then you really never will so to me it's important to ensure that everyone's welcome not only on this show but just in every facet of life like that's just the most important thing so i will have their links in the description of this youtube video and in the description of the podcast as well if you guys want to check them out and support them click the link below um, I'm sure they'll appreciate it, and we will appreciate it also. I couldn't have said it any better myself. You did a great job with that. I did fumble my words, though. <laughs> no, I usually saw me brain farting. Yeah, no. uh, I guess uh, I wanted to do one as well, because you were doing such a good job with the first, you know, first three charities throughout. So I went and found a group called Point Foundation, which is the largest LGBTQ scholarship fund in America, and their mission is to empower promising lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, you know, the whole LGBTQ, any students mm -hmm. to help achieve their full, you know, their academic and their leadership potential, despite any obstacles they're there. They give financial support. They they literally they started out in 2008 and they had they got they gave scholarships to eight students. And I'm going to double check, make sure I'm fact checking this. They went from, I think, eight students in 2008 to 574 students for this upcoming year wow that's how far this group has come in awesome. just such a short amount of time they made it to see that exponential growth i saw that and i was like i knew i knew right away this is something i know it's really important because folks let's be honest education is something that's always really important because as you heard from jimmy you know having that understanding of just about anything in life is always important because without it, you get that 
you that ignorance and that just leads to you know bad treatment of people regardless of any differences and something like the point like point foundation i find i'm trying to make sure i'm saying point and not the point I yeah trying, yeah, trying yeah really hard not to say the point because that's not what they're saying that's not what they're called um the thing about point foundation is that they have such a big they have such a strong vision such a strong mindset and oh my bad it was eight students in 2002 so it's been around about 20-ish years Oh wow! Eight students are two thousand two to five hundred seventy four in two thousand twenty three twenty four this upcoming year, and especially with not only like all the age stuff, folks understand college is it's hard enough to get in, it's even harder to pay for, and there's always going to be a human element of people, you know, not liking certain people, turning other people down. So having a scholarship like this who helps people in the LGBTQ community and makes them all feel welcome and feel like, you know, higher education for them and, you know, all, you know, all that stuff is really important because having that feeling of feeling important, like having like feeling important while in the college environment, I think is the first step to leading to success. And I can talk from this experience because I think from any person, that like feeling in, like important and involved in college, I think it helps your brain, it helps your mindset, and it makes you want to be you know more involved, more like more independent. Like it makes you happier. Yeah. Just feeling that way and having that sort of support from a foundation like Point Foundation would it, it, it is so important. So that's the secretary that's going to be. Uh, in the description is point foundation p-o-i-n-t f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n dot org and you can leave donations or just read about it this is a cause i think is really important oh yeah and like to uh go off of your point and why this cause is so important just to me especially um i think a large benefit of this organization especially with helping kids in the community go to college is college is really one of the first communities that i've heard from from my friends in the community where they actually felt like they belonged like they go uh they go make friends they learn about groups that they would have never met before and it's just so important and it's important for everyone to like have that experience because if you have these experiences you are far less susceptible to grow a misunderstanding of a certain group which could lead you to not liking them over the misunderstanding it's just important just to have that sense of community have that experience so i highly encourage you guys to check yeah. that one out um if you can't donate feel free to shout it out that's fine too just read up on them um grow some awareness because at the end of the day i'm just saying the statement for out of just how i how i feel about life in general two things one i think it's generally it takes more to be like mean and harsh to people and generally like you know hear them out understand them i think it takes more effort personally to be more ignorant and angry towards others than you know hear them out because not every person is the same and two yeah you know at least with everything I've experienced through life, I mean, literally, 
through all of us, we've experienced, you know, we experienced such a crazy thing in a short amount of time from just growing up to, you know, pandemic. We we're seeing a current war going on in another country. We're seeing, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things I think are a little like negative and stuff like that. And I think it fuels all that deep down. We all, when we go outside and, you know, we talk to each other and we experience the world around us and we support causes like this and we support, you know, causes for other, other stuff from, you know, military to other groups, like other marginalized groups, you know, like veterans and stuff like that. Like it, it helps us all grow together as community. And I think part of life is being able to coexist with every difference that is, that is there black, white, left, right, gay, straight, everything. So stuff like this, I think means the world to letting us all, be able to understand, care for something important, but and coexist at the same time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like this is not going this isn't going to be just like a June thing. Like we're going to do like a bunch of chair we're going to do a bunch of charitable shout outs. Um just in Sorry general. <laughs> we're we're going to do a lot more just in general. So um stay tuned for that, but just to kind of cap off this episode, thank you guys so much for tuning in to these episodes like each and every week like i know there's like a bunch of you guys who go through these episodes especially this one that's going to be like two hours long it's on two hours yeah it's it's crazy like the people that stick around like we can't thank you guys enough um Mm -hmm. especially like if the show gets big like we're gonna remember everyone from our first subscriber to like even if we get to like ten thousand, like we're gonna we're gonna remember all of you like it means a lot to us um we will be back next week. I will be in a different location again because I bounce again. around. I bounce around everyone. I'm going back to Baltimore and Philadelphia. So we're gonna have yes, we're gonna have another summer trip and then yes, sir. we will have to see in the last week of July where I will be in South Carolina. So that'll be another That'll be another thing. Gonna get, gonna get a lot of different locations. Yes. Yeah, sir. we're in a lot of different locations. I might get, uh, I might get a couple looks because I don't think there's any Toronto Maple Leafs gear down there. But probably not. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. But once again, thank you guys for everything. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be back with season two next week. Um, we will see you guys soon. Take care. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you later. See y'all.